Um, so if you haven't heard or, or seen the announcements or, or whatever, our caroling event today has been postponed to Wednesday uh, th this week. Um, so Wednesday, this coming Wednesday the 13th, and uh, we're keeping the regular Wednesday night hours. So come eat at 6. Uh, we'll have vegetable beef soup, and we'll have uh, sausage, potato, and corn chowder uh, this Wednesday. And it's supposed to feel more seasonal uh, on, on Wednesday. Uh, so God knew what he was doing. Um, so, uh, so come out Wednesday uh, for, for all that, and um, that's going to be a good time. Um, good to see Craig with us this morning uh, back there. Can you see me better today? Uh, he could see me today. Man, praise God for that. <laughs> good, good. Uh, well, praise God for that. We're, we're thankful that he got along good with the cataract surgery uh, this past Thursday. Uh, oh, good. Uh, good. Uh, yeah, and says uh, he got to see her. Uh, so, um, that's right. Yes, amen, amen. Uh, so, um, also, uh, you know, everybody's heard, uh, I hope, by, by now that Mr. Clarence Williams passed away uh, Friday evening. Um, Murray is meeting with the funeral home tomorrow. Uh, so, and, and she's hoping that this coming Saturday uh, will be the service here at Stony Brook, um, but we won't know for sure until she meets with the funeral home tomorrow. Um, and, and we'll try to get the word out uh, as soon as we know. So. Um, but continue to pray for her and, um, and Myron and Sean and, and the family. So, All right, um, so here in just a little bit, uh, we're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs, uh, chapter 17 and, and verse 22. Uh, if you want to go ahead and turn there. Uh, again, that's Proverbs, chapter 17 and verse 22. Um, after my sermon last week, uh, a lot of... A lot of people are asking me, oh, did, did you handwrite the, the sermon? Because we, we noticed you had pages up here uh, in, instead of this guy. Uh, so, um, so what happened was Saturday, last Saturday, a week ago, uh, I was practicing my sermon off of my laptop at the house. And uh, after I got all my editing and, and everything done, I, I normally email it to myself so I can pull it up on my tablet. Uh, but what I forgot is um, prior to editing my sermon and going over it, um, I turned my Wi-Fi off. Um, so when I tried to email it to myself, it didn't go through. Uh, so Sunday morning last week, uh, I'm, I got my tablet here and I'm trying to pull up my email. And I'm like, I know I emailed my sermon to me. Um, and, and then like the light went off and like, oh yeah, you forgot to turn the Wi-Fi back on. <laughs> Um, so I'm thankful Diana had a printed off copy uh, of my sermon uh, that I made a copy of. And so that's why I was using last week with the pages and all that kind of stuff. So thanks, Diane. Um, so, all right. Um, as we approach the, uh, the Christmas holiday, our hearts are filled with both uh, anticipation and also excitement. However, it's essential to recognize that amidst all the festive cheer of this time of year, the holiday season can bring its fair share of chaos and challenges, can it? Um, who's already had your share of chaos or challenges 
this Christmas season? Raise your hand. All right. Well, there's probably going to be some more because as of today, we're 15 days away from Christmas Day. And that's probably a good reminder for those of you who are waiting to shop. Uh, I was talking to Jordan out in the, the lobby earlier, and he said he waits till Christmas Eve uh, to, to shop. And uh, see, to me, that, that's a little chaotic. I have been there uh, before, um, but, uh, but man, chaos this time of year. 15 days away from Christmas. Um, I mentioned last week how Aaron and myself, or, or, and I, we moved into a, a new house back in August, uh, you know, when we came here to Stony Brook, and hopefully you know by now that both of us, Aaron and myself, we love Christmas, uh, we love this time of year, we love decorating, um, all that kind of stuff, but with a new house, you, you got to start all over, <laughs> um, and it's kind of like you have a blank canvas. Uh, if you're an artist, it, your house is a blank canvas. Uh, but questions arose like, where in the living room do we put the tree? Okay. Um, and also, another big time question, especially in our house, is there an electrical outlet there? Uh, so a little side note, our house was built back in 2007, 16 years ago, and it lacks electrical outlets. Uh, for example, there was only one outlet in our foyer or hallway uh, area. Uh, but thanks to Mike Fry, uh, we now have two. <laughs> so thanks, Mike, again for that. We appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, trying to decide whether the decorations win or, or go in a new house has been sort of challenging and chaotic for, for us. Uh, but speaking of our new house, uh, let's talk about the outside of it for a little bit. Uh, we have this big open sided place as you see from this picture from Google Maps. This is our home, by the way. And uh, this was definitely not taken this time of year uh, as you see a lot of green and, and that sort of thing. But you see this, uh, this big open sided place above our garage door that has no window. And we thought it would be uh, a good idea to put a big four to five foot lighted Christmas wreath, uh, you know, in that particular spot for this time of year. The wreath is so big that it came in four parts inside the box, and you had to put the parts together, each quarter of it together. Um, and its frame is metal. It's got metal on the back side of it. Uh, so the wreath is pretty heavy. We had to install hooks up there in the white trim area uh, for, for the, the thing to hang. And I'll tell you right now, I am scared of heights, okay? Uh, what you can't really tell is our house is up on a hill. So our, our driveway is kind of an incline, you know, to, to get up there, especially where the garage is. Um, but, uh, and, and also, let me tell you, uh, I think a lot of you know, too, that back in January of 2019, I was in an accident um, where, you know, I messed up my body pretty bad. Um, I'm right-handed. My right arm is my good arm. And uh, I've lost a lot of strength that I used to have in, in this arm. And I have a partial shoulder replacement here. So I, I don't have the strength to, to hold a very heavy wreath. Uh, up into place anymore. 
But uh, long story short, uh, my parents, uh, Brenda and Freddie, came over, and uh, my, my dad brought over his pickup truck uh, so we could get the extension ladder up off the ground a little bit more, okay? Um, but, but it just seemed like every single way or thought of getting this wreath up into position, it, it, didn't, it just didn't work out for us, okay? Uh, we worked on hanging a wreath for two days. <laughs> for two days. Um, so anyway, uh, that was one weekend, a Saturday and a Sunday. Uh, but my dad, uh, on that Monday morning, start of the third day, my, my dad had an had idea of using rope and, and creating some kind of pulley system to hoist the wreath up uh, in place or, or to get it in, into position. Uh, like I said, it was Monday morning. It was like two weeks ago uh, tomorrow. And uh, I, I wanted to get this thing up. You know, when I get something on my brain, I want to do it. And, uh, and it had already been two days. Uh, but I was tired of messing with, with this wreath. It had turned chaotic. It had turned chaotic for us. Uh, Dad wanted to use rope, and I didn't have it at my house. Uh, so my mom called my brother, uh, who lives here in town, and uh, shout out to Drew. I, I think he and Amanda and Cam are supposed to be watching this morning uh, via Facebook. But, uh, but Drew had rope, and, and he's off for the rest of the year from Firestone. So he brought a, a, over a rope to, to our house, and, and Drew gets out of his truck. He's got the rope in hand. He asks us, so what are you trying to do? And uh, so Drew drops the rope. He puts the wreath over his shoulder, he climbs up the ladder and gets it in place, and, uh, and here it is. Uh, that's what it looks like. So, Drew, if you are watching, um, yeah, we, we thank you so much uh, for helping us, um, and, and Aaron and I are grateful that you're not scared of heights and that you have full strength in your right arm. Um, so, so that's that. Um, but the wreath, it was just one example uh, this Christmas season of our decorating chaos. Uh, we also have full, uh, heavy, lighted garland that we have strung across the roof line of our front porch. And t I'm telling you, that was another chore. Uh, to, to, you can see some of it there over our front door. Um, but a little something extra for you, our neighbors... <laughs> Our across-the-street neighbors, uh, they both work from home. Uh, their desks are, are, they can look out the front window. <laughs> and uh, I always thought during the chaotic times of trying to hang these uh, heavy garlands and, and this wreath going up and down, I was like, I bet we are giving Rick and Daniela a show. Thank you. 
Yes, burnt turkeys, and also during that uh, Christmas time, dysfunctional family gatherings. Thanks, Joe. Y'all clap for Joe. <laughs> are, are we good? Okay. Uh, but maybe you remember each of these scenes uh, here from the movie Christmas Vacation. But uh, but yeah, just just like with this this. Uh, with this, I about said dysfunctional, which they are, but with this fictional family, chaos can easily uh, infiltrate what should be a season of joy and also a season of celebration. That's what chaos does. But that reminds me of the first Christmas. Once Joseph knew or found out that Mary was with child, that it was a God thing, and that he was cool with it, we hear that Caesar, Caesar Augustus, wanted each man or each family 
to go back to the land of their ancestors to register. That was Bethlehem for Joseph. Because Joseph came from David's bloodline, King David's bloodline. Bethlehem was quite the journey from uh, Nazareth. You got to think that there were no cars, no vehicles back then. You were in a desertous region. You were in a mountainous region. And let's not forget Mary, the mother of Christ, was pregnant. Can you imagine the chaos in that trip alone? from Nazareth to Bethlehem. I don't even think something like AAA could help them in that situation back then in biblical times. So, so there's been chaos at Christmas time ever since the original one, ever since the very first one. Also this morning, let's look at how a Merry Christmas heart does good. A Merry Christmas heart does good. Have y'all ever heard the phrase, laughter is the best medicine? (laughs) I think this phrase came from one of our main scripture passages that we'll be using this week. So uh, I I told you at the start of my sermon today to to turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 22. Uh, So let's look at that. It says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. You know, in the middle of a chaotic time, it's easy for our spirits to become crushed and overwhelmed by the stresses and the challenges that come our way. The Bible, the Word of God, reminds us here in the Proverbs passage that when you have a joyful heart, it's like medicine. It's like medication for our souls. It has the power to uplift and it's also got the power to heal even in the middle of a chaotic time of whatever chaotic time that you find yourself in. So today, in the midst of chaos this time of year, let me encourage you to watch a funny Christmas movie like Elf or Home Alone or even the movie that we're taking a look at a little bit more closely throughout the series, Christmas Vacation. Let me encourage you to be around people or even things that make you laugh, okay? Uh, Aaron and I have another set of neighbors who, who actually live right beside us on the same side of the street, and these neighbors have a son who I think, who I think studies jokes all the time because... Every time we see him, his name is Christopher, he always spits out a new joke to us. Uh, and it's so good. Even my dad has started using some of Chris's jokes. <laughs> so, um, but also, let me say this, Mr. Clarence, may I just mention how he, he passed away on Friday? But he did too, didn't he? He always had a joke. And I tell you, even last Sunday when Aaron and I went and saw him in, in the ER, he was still giving me jokes uh, on that short hospital bed for his six foot nine self. Um, but like I said, you guys continue to pray for, you know, Marie and her two boys and, and the family. Um, but I, I love like just going to see Mr. Clarence because he always had a new joke for me. 
And even though Wednesday was the last time I saw him Wednesday morning and, and their son, Sean, was there, um, you know, I, I couldn't really understand what Mr. Clarence was saying. But I'm sure even then, and what I could not understand, he was giving me some new jokes. Uh, so, man, I, I love that. But, uh, but laughing, laughing, you know, it brings us joy in the time of chaos and in times that are challenging. It helps us feel better with whatever that we personally are going through. Speaking of laughing, uh, let's talk about, and this is my third point today, embracing laughter and light. Embracing laughter and light. The Griswold family uh, teaches us this uh, sometimes throughout the movie, that laughter is indeed the best medicine. Or that the best response, maybe to anything, is through laughing. Uh, despite the mishaps and the unexpected turns of events in Christmas Vacation, Clark Griswold finds, he found joy in the, in the middle of it all, in whatever was, was happening. So for this week's video clip from the movie, uh, let me set it up for you uh, a, a little bit, okay? Um, so Clark has an uncle who likes smoking cigars or stogies a, a little much, okay? Uh, while the family was eating around the table, Uncle Lewis, he gets up, he excuses himself, he grabs his stogie, um, and uh, he goes into the living room, <laughs> the 80s, mind you, uh, to, to light up. But in the process of this, he ends up lighting their Christmas tree on fire. Vroom! It's the sound that it makes. Clark gets up, and he sees, well, the tree, it's gone. All right. Also, a little other backstory. Clark doesn't really care for his next-door neighbors. They act holier than thou, and their names are Todd and Margot. Okay. And, and they really don't care for him and his family either that much either. So, you know, the Griswolds, they need another tree, right? So what does Clark do? He, he goes outside, he fires up his chainsaw, and he has a pine tree that kind of looks like a Christmas tree in between his house and Todd and Margot's house. And he goes out, and he chops that bad boy down. But while Todd and Margot are having dinner inside their house, the tree comes crashing through the window. Okay? So, so that's what happens there. And um, so this particular tree, um, let's take a look at the other chaos that unfolds after getting the new tree inside provided by one of God's smallest creations. Check it out. What's that sound? dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. I hear it too.
here anymore. So uh, I, I, I think the final scene brought Clark there some joy uh, in, in his time of chaos there. The squirrel was gone, um, and it, along with Snot, who was Eddie's dog, uh, his cousin Eddie's dog, uh, did a number on his unliked neighbor, Margo, there at the very end. Um, but uh, seriously, you know, as Christian people, as Christ followers, uh, you and I, we, we, we're called to embrace the light of Christ in dark moments. We are called to embrace the light of Christ in dark moments. You know, I reminded you last week that these moments are going to turn up in our lives. Both the good moments and the bad moments, they're going to happen. But let me tell you, uh, through both laughter and also joy, they become powerful expressions of our faith in those moments, in the dark moments especially that we have, because they radiate the hope that we can only find in Christ Jesus. You know, we, we've talked a lot about chaos and, and the challenges that we face at Christmas and really in, in this life this morning. Wouldn't it be nice to know how long that those seasons of chaos and also of challenge will stick around in our lives. Wouldn't it be nice to know exactly how long those times will happen in, in our lives? You know, I, I've entitled this uh, point number four of my sermon, this particular point, weeping, or maybe even let's say chaos, may endure for the night. Weeping may endure for a night. And you'll see why I called it this point uh, when we look at our next uh, passage, uh, Psalm chapter 30 and verse 5. So uh, this morning, let's read that. Um, all right, so it says, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Listen to this next part very carefully. Weeping may stay for the night. Sounds familiar, right, from, from something I just mentioned. But rejoicing comes when? In the morning. This passage or, or this verse, it reminds us that even in times of difficulty or times of chaos, there is a promise of joy and rejoicing that will follow it. It would be so nice if we could literally take this verse as it says, wouldn't it? Chaos, weeping, tonight, and then tomorrow, oh, all is better. 
with rejoicing. You know, while this happens sometimes, it's not going to happen like that very often or happen that easy, I should say. We may go through several nights or even several days of weeping or chaos. But the point is that pain, that challenging times, they are only temporary. They are what? Temporary. My friends, the the challenges uh, we face are temporary, but the joy that we can only find in Christ Jesus is eternal. Pain, chaos, challenges, all that kind of stuff, they're temporary. But the joy that we can find in Christ Jesus, that's eternal. Let's also be reminded of what Jesus said as an adult man during his ministry. What he said in Matthew chapter 11 and verses 28 through 30. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, when we are weary, when we are burdened, when life is chaotic, Jesus wants to give us rest. When we do this, we'll we'll see that the problems are temporary, temporary, and that we will receive joy. The joy that is on the other side of whatever chaotic mountain that we're staring at, we're going to get through that chaotic mountain, and we're going to see that that joy comes only from Jesus Christ. You know, I don't know about you, but, but that, talking about Jesus Christ, sounds like the most ultimate source of joy that we can have. And that's our, my final point this morning. The ultimate source of joy. Here at Christmas time, you know, as we navigate through the chaos of life, let us remember that our ultimate source of joy is not found in perfect decorations, It's not found in flawless plans. It's even not found in ideal circumstances. It's not found in any of those things. But I just said, but true comes, like I just said, true true joy comes from the gift of God's love. And friends, God has love for every single person, including you and I. God's gift was sending his son, Jesus Christ, to bring uh, both salvation and also hope into a world that was in need. Remember last week when we were talking about the quest for perfection? Remember I, I, I talked briefly about how Joseph, that first Christmas, he had a plan. He probably had a perfect plan, but when the woman that he was attended Uh, to Mary, came back home to Nazareth with child. He wanted to divorce her, the Bible says, or walk away from her quietly. Joseph's plans were destroyed. It wasn't until the angel Gabriel visited Joseph in a dream 
telling him in Matthew 1, starting in the latter half of verse 20, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. An angel told Joseph through a dream about this joy, this ultimate source of joy that would save a world in need and also bring the people in that particular world salvation. That joy, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, that joy is constant. He's unchanging. And that joy, talking about Jesus, is available to us. Regardless of our external circumstances, whatever chaos or whatever situations or challenges that we currently have going on in our lives, or something that we've been wrestling and dealing with maybe for years now, we can have that joy in our lives. My friends, the most ultimate joy is ready, and it's available to you today. As we close this morning, let us approach this Christmas season, this holiday season, with hearts full of joy, knowing that even in the chaos, we can find laughter, we can find light, and we can find the enduring joy that comes from our Savior, the Savior of the world, whose name is Jesus Christ. As we celebrate the birth of our Lord, may we be reminded that his presence in our lives is the true source of everlasting joy. That everlasting joy, that particular everlasting joy, it will surpass any chaos that we will encounter here at Christmas time, and guess what? Always. Let's pray together. God, we love you. Uh, we just thank you so much for this reminder. God, we all experience good days and we experience bad days. But in the middle of chaos, in the middle of challenging times, in the middle of our struggles, let us be reminded about your son, who, who is the ultimate source of any kind of joy that we can find in this life. God, we're thankful that there are other resources out there through media, through people, through various things where we can laugh, and we can find joy in those particular things and, and folks. But the most ultimate source of joy is your son, Jesus. And let us remember that in the times of chaos. That will happen in our lives. Let us always turn to him. That's the challenge today. 
And I pray all this in your name. Amen. Uh, you know, many, many of you ha have already received that everlasting joy, that ultimate source of joy. And if you have, that's wonderful. That's great. Uh, maybe you received that everlasting joy maybe a while back, but it's faded. Or maybe you're, you, you, you lost it or you're lacking it, I should say. But hey, it's okay. It's okay. Life is tough. Life is, life is rough. But Jesus doesn't care about your past. The devil, he likes to sneak in there. He likes to remind us of our past and use it against us. But that's not what Jesus is all about. If you lost that joy and this morning you want to rededicate yourself and bring that joy back into your life, why don't you come forward this morning during our invitation time? Or maybe you've never, ever accepted Jesus as your Savior and accepted that everlasting joy that I've been talking about this morning. Maybe you've never done that. So my question is, what's stopping you? What's stopping you from receiving it? Believe me, there's no barrier holding you back this morning. So come down here in just a moment during the invitation. See me and let me tell you more about this everlasting joy named Jesus. Have you made a decision this morning? If you have, come down front here. Come see me as we stand and as we sing. And I can tell you about this everlasting joy, this ultimate source of joy named Jesus Christ. Let's stand together right now and, uh, and let's sing.